0: The Steel Show continues on 980 CKNW. Jody Vanson for Linda today. Hope the day finds you well. I want to talk about the Olympics in Tokyo. Now, if you look on any official site, the travel advisory for Japan right now, today, is level four. That's the highest warning. It literally is red and says, do not. Yet, here we are counting down to the Olympic Games in a matter of just weeks. Lots of debate has happened around the subject of whether the Games should go forward or not. You've heard that here on, on CKW. But what about the people of Japan? I know I personally would not be happy if we were hosting a global event here in BC right now to start in just a few weeks' time. And our COVID-19 situation is far less precarious than that of the country of Japan. So... Let's connect now with someone in that country, shall we? Dave Olson is actually from here, but lives there. And we find him in Japan. (laughs) And Dave, thank you so much for doing this. Time difference and all. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good morning from Okayama. Oh, this is so cool. Now, you have (laughs) significant um, perspective, shall we say, on Olympic Games. You've attended several games. You ran a social media uh, aggregator. Is that what we call it during the 2010 Games? I remember True North Media House.
1: Yeah, well, I guess aggregator is as good, as good as any word. It's, it was a kind of a campaign to document the experience, I guess, in the, those heady early days of social media.
0: It was so cool. And obviously the 2010 Games left us all feeling sort of magical here in British Columbia, it would be completely different uh, under the shadow of a pandemic. Can you give us, Dave, some perspective of of how... The the citizens of Japan are reacting right now today with the plans moving forward for the 2020, now 2021 Tokyo Games.
1: Well, in general, there's a lot of frustration and apprehension and even a little bit of embarrassment that they find themselves in this situation. Keep in mind, last year when the Games were initially postponed, Japan was rolling through the virus situation pretty well while the rest of the world was, well, struggling. So they said, well, it's cool, we'll support, let's push back a year. Now the tables have sort of uh, turned. Japan's been really taking more of a containment approach, <laughs> to put it delicately, and there's, the vaccinations have been really slow to roll out. So now the numbers are higher than they've ever been. The hospitals are overcrowded. Of course, in Japan, you have a very aged population and folks have been really diligent for a year and a half now. remember, Japan was the second country to ha- to be exposed to the virus. And all sorts of border restrictions, all kinds of business restrictions. And suddenly, oh, well, yeah, forget all that and forget your sacrifice. The IOC's come now to tell us to sacrifice more because we need to have this event. It can't possibly be delayed. If you cancel this, there's fines and penalties and, and, and all of this. And so now you have athletes coming to 16,000 athletes, more or less, coming in without necessarily being vaccinated or quarantined. Plus, you have 60,000 Olympic quote-unquote family and sponsors coming in with VIP junkets to experience Japan without any kind of recourse or supervision. They say, well, they'll have a smartphone application to track their movements. And if they go out to dinner, which of course they're going to, what recourse is there? So there's a lot of Really mixed messaging and mixed feelings uh, by the people here on the ground.
0: I want to unpack a few of those things, if you don't mind, Dave, because I find this fascinating. Because, you know, the narrative that we're hearing here is there will be no spectators and everything will be, you know, the due diligence Mm -hmm. will be done and everything will be. That all doesn't sound same page when you say there's going to be this, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of Olympic family still coming. I mean, that's those are just wealthy guests. This, this virus doesn't care what your bank balance is, right?
1: Right. And it's really off-putting because these IOC family, you know, um, the presidents and, and executives are the ones coming out making these grandiose statements about we need you to sacrifice. And oh, by the way, we need 500 volunteer doctors and 2,000 nurses. And oh, by the way, we need to reserve beds in the different hospitals just for Olympic people. And oh, by the way, the Olympic athletes have to sign this waiver. But oh, we have a playbook. Well, what's the plan? What's the playbook? Oh, well, the playbook includes things like the beach volleyball players won't be able to high five after they make a play. No, no, no. We want the real information. We've been working really hard to keep safe here. And you're giving us these bromides and platitudes without real information. And when you say that, you know, last year when they delayed the Olympics, they said, well, this will be an Olympics to celebrate the world's coming together and conquering COVID. <laughs> well, that's sure not the case. And, you know, I also think about the athletes coming from countries who are currently in deep crisis, India and right. Nepal, uh, and how are they going to leave their families? How are they going to logistically transport here? What happens if an athlete or an Olympic family member becomes test positive? How are they even going to be able to leave the country because they can't get on a flight with, with a positive test? So all these questions are not being answered. Instead, the Japanese public are being fed a line of, please sacrifice more, we need you to do this, and oh, by the way, you can't cancel, which also calls into questions of Japan's sovereignty as a country to control what happens in this country. Can you explain that, though,
0: Dave? Because I'm not familiar with the the policies around it. Like, I don't understand why it's not able to be pushed even just a couple of months down the road. I mean, this could significantly improve with a ramped up yeah. vaccination situation. And full disclosure, I was supposed to go to the Tokyo to uh, work on behalf of the Olympic Broadcast Services, the people that put on the broadcast and and mm-hmm. they were amazing and they were like hey uh, you know i don't know what protocols are going to be like they brought me on board before there was a pandemic and then during the pandemic okay. everything's on hold and then it was like okay we're moving forward and i i, I touched base. And I said, listen, like, I can't leave my dad. He's in care. I'm his essential. And they're like, we totally get it. Absolutely. No pressure, you know. And I thought, you know, if it is shifted to later and they had said, you know, some of the issues with like marathon middle of summer in Japan is 40 degrees. They have to do it in the north in Sapporo uh, so that the marathoners don't drop in the middle of summer. Like there are other reasons why it would make sense even to move this a little bit
1: yeah for sure. And remember the nineteen sixty four Tokyo Olympics were held in the fall, and the Sydney Olympics were held in what's the northern hemisphere's fall into winter. So this is an unprecedented to change it to a different season. And you know the excuses I've heard are, well, we have this booked with NBC who have wide open broadcast schedule for it. We don't mm-hmm. want to interfere with other sports and and those just seem ridiculous uh, ideas to me and oh we can't possibly have the winter olympics and the summer olympics in the same year which they did for a century uh so and and they're saying absolutely if it's delayed or uh delayed again it just means a hard cancellation and part of that looming over that too is the next winter olympics is scheduled in china and you can say that china and japan have a several centuries long (laughs) sibling rivalry so Mm. that doesn't sit well with um with Japan, not to mention the the, the different issues uh, around the Beijing Olympics, but I absolutely think, at, at minimum, pushing it back to October and giving Japan a chance to get through this wave and get vaccinations. Um, you know, like I said, less than 2% and less than 30% of healthcare workers have even been vaccinated, and in Japan, we have a lot of old folks here. There's more 65-plus than 18-and-unders, and, you know, they've taken a really – cautious approach about rolling out the, the vaccination and, you know, like give, give Japan a minute to, to catch up here, but your point about the marathon and some of these events and the weather impact, is just going to cause a huge, huge problem. And you mentioned the no spectators. Now they said, well, we're going to have some school kids come in to spectate. Cause we want to, and I was like, that's a terrible idea. And then things like the marathon, um, are you going to keep spectators? It's one thing to keep them out of a venue, but off the streets. Can you do that? With Hard to Olympic do with spectators. Torch- I will.
0: I will say that the uh, the IOC mandate for media was you're in your your residence and you take ioc approved yeah. transport and to your venue you don't get to mix with other media you don't get to you you have to have prior approval to take public transit which is unprecedented unheard of obviously in an unprecedented time it it makes sense that during a pandemic you'd need to to have all these safeguards in place it sounds like there's there's looseness where there need not be dave at the very least
1: yep yeah for sure and i think just um, not having the, 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 a full coterie of, of journalists there to tell this story, not to mention the folks here in Japan who have been preparing for this for 10 years since after the Fukushima disaster. This was meant to be a sort of a rebuilding from that triple disaster on um, March 11th. Um, they won't be able to experience this. They won't have their story told by the journalists who come. I mean, we know from being on the ground in Vancouver that the Olympics you see on the TV with the gold medal events and whatever is very different than the Olympics experience on the ground, where the great moments come from hanging out with a group of new Latvian best friends you just met and mm. you know, all that internationalizing, going around to the hospitality houses and making new friends, trading pins and having drinks and, and getting to know people from other countries. Yeah. Plus the journalists there telling these deep long tail stories of the Olympics. None of that is really gonna happen. So it really makes you wonder, well, what's the point of all of this? You know, if it's not supporting recovery of Fukushima, it's not building up Japan's reputation, it's not fair to the athletes, both who are going to have a hard time coming, won't be able to compete at their best and won't have their families there for this experience they've been training for for how many years. It just seems like who's the winner in this Olympics? Who's this benefiting? And Mm. the, the only... Trail lead to the IOC. Yeah.
0: You know what, Dave? I want to talk with you again on this subject as we get ever closer to what seems to be inevitable, the the staging of these games coming in just a few short weeks. I thank you so much for for taking the time out for us today. And your own in your old home turf, if you will. You what you grew up in both what? <laughs> Lynn Valley and Wally? You're you're like a true uh lower mainland guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Wally in the '70s, and uh, and as soon as I could, I moved to far. As I shouldn't say that, but yeah, I lived last in uh, Lynn Valley in the West End. I lived in Kits. Burnaby Coquitlam. I've lived all over the Lower Mainland and and, uh, I will also say that we just welcomed a new son a few months ago in the midst of this pandemic and his middle name is Stanley after Stanley Park. So Ichiro Stanley Olson was born in the midst of this pandemic. We're not sure which country he will be representing in 20 years for the Olympics, whether it will be Canada or Japan that's still to be determined. Get your lobbying in now.
0: Congratulations, Daddy. Ichiro Stanley Olson. Epic. I love it. Congratulations. <laughs> love it. Welcome to the best club ever, Parenting. Uh, thank you for your time. And Dave, honestly, I'd love to connect with you again. Uh, great job on, on sort of explaining the vibe there in Japan. We appreciate your time very much.
1: Anytime. I'm very pleased to do it. Thanks so much, Jody.
0: Cheers. That's Dave Olson. Follow him on Twitter. You can find him at my Twitter page. He's been tweeting about the fact that he's going to appear on here. Great follow on Twitter, by the way. Go to my Twitter. Give me a follow while you're there at Jody Vance. Jody with a Y. Uh, what do you think? Should these Olympics go forward? Should they be happening this summer in Tokyo? Call now, 604 280 9898. Open up the phone lines. Let's have a chat on this holiday Monday. 604 280 9898. Your latest AM 730 traffic up in 30 seconds. I'm Jody Vance on 980 CKW. If you're driving less these days, I'm